Hello and welcome to this episode of the Print On Demand Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Egler, here with my co-host, Adrian Vonarks, and we have a great episode for you today. Today we're discussing how to increase your customer lifetime value, how to get customers to become repeat buyers, buy again and again, and spend more over time. And so this is a really jam-packed episode, so much good stuff. We go on some rants, we talk about some of our favorite uh, tools and strategies that are maybe a little underutilized that you should be taking advantage of. So you definitely want to stick around, listen all the way through, because we've got six ways that you can boost that customer lifetime value. So if you haven't already, I want to invite you to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. If you're enjoying these podcast episodes, make sure you do that. And before we jump into the content today, here's a quick word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Gelato, the world's largest print-on-demand network. Gelato enables individuals ranging from e-commerce entrepreneurs to artists and creatives to establish their own global business. What makes Gelato truly unique is their focus on local production. The item being delivered is produced in the country that the order is placed almost 90% of the time, leading to numerous benefits for you, including lower costs, faster delivery times, and reduced carbon emissions. The focus on technology to bring together over 130 production facilities across 32 countries truly sets them apart. Not only that, they currently have the highest customer satisfaction score in the POD industry on Trustpilot. To check them out for yourself, go to sixfigurefounder.com backslash gelato and use the discount code POD playbook, all caps, to get 60% off your first order when placed within 72 hours. That's the number six figurefounder.com backslash G-E-L-A-T-O. You can also find the link and discount code in the podcast show notes or in the video description on YouTube. Six Figure Founder is an advanced coaching program we created to help 500 impact-driven clothing and apparel brand owners hit six figures or more in their first 12 months. We intend to do this in a way that we've never seen done before. We have three coaches, all with unique skills, experience, and abilities, collaborating to serve you at a higher level. We are creating a movement with a community of ambitious individuals and high-performing entrepreneurs to gain from the collective wisdom, collaborate amongst each other, and share the latest effective marketing strategies for the betterment of all businesses in the Six Figure Founder community. If this sounds like something you would be interested in, you're invited to go to Six Figure Founder founder.com slash coaching and join the wait list. That's the number six figure founder.com slash coaching. Go there and just join that wait list. We can't wait to see you inside six figure founder. Carrie, what is going on my friend? Man, not much. I'm excited for this episode because this is where the profits are, man. We're talking about customer yes. lifetime value. This is where you can make the big profit in your business. And uh, man, it's been talking about email lists and all kinds of different things. It's been one of the most profitable things for me over the years. So I'm very excited to jump in this episode, but I know you've got a few things you want to cover before we jump in. Yeah, man, I totally feel you on that one. This is definitely something I love to talk about. But just before we jump in, I got to shout out one of our Apple reviews. So here is a review from Christy Camel. 
And she says, absolutely love all the information you share on this podcast. All of it is timely and super useful. I put a lot of it into play right away. That is awesome. Like that is that actionable is the point of this pod. Yeah, I love hearing that people are listening and not only listening, but taking action. There's a really good quote that I heard. I think it's from Tony Robbins. And he says, knowledge is not power. Knowledge applied is power. Absolutely. And I just think that's a really powerful quote. And I just want to commend you, Christy, for taking action and actually putting this into use that that's so amazing so thank you so much for the reviews guys keep the reviews coming we're gonna try to shout out a customer every single epic customer we're gonna try to shout out a listener every single episode so keep the reviews coming you know what i want to shout out adrian i want to shout out the amazing names of our listeners i just i just <laughs> thank you christy for your review but i just want to the ones that come off the top of my head we had super burrito baby i mean super that's gotta burrito, be an all-time great yeah, uh, we had huge fan. Yep, just just huge fan. Huge <laughs> I love fan. that. Yeah, and Miss Camel today, Christy Camel. What a great name! I love it. Yep. I love I love the names. Keep them coming. Don't you guys forget Valweeny. Awesome. We Valweeny. Oh man, <laughs> we I love the names. Like I that you know that should become a thing on our podcast yes. reviews. Like if you're gonna leave a podcast review. First of all, we want you to leave a podcast for you, but you better have an awesome name. Like, yeah. you gotta have an awesome name. <laughs> have a super cool name. It's so funny to say some of these names. So I would be totally uh, pick, Pickle Daddy. Pickle Daddy. <laughs> big, big Pickle Daddy. <laughs> oh, big? Why did you just say? This is a family-friendly uh, family show. <laughs> big Pickle Daddy? Oh, Lord. I was talking about Pickleball, man. Uh, I, I know you were talking about Pickleball. What did you think I was talking about? Get your mind into the gutter. <laughs> Sorry. All right. All right. We got to focus. All right. Let's let's jump right in. I will now be referred to as Big Pickle Daddy for now. <laughs> oh, man. So, oh, okay. So, transitioning yes. into today's episode. Thinking, so, thinking good things. Thinking yes. Good yes. Thoughts. We've got a lot of things to share here. So, we're going to first talk about what is customer lifetime value? And then we're actually going to give you, I believe it's six ways to increase your customer lifetime value in your business. Six suggestions that you can take and you can try, you can apply to your business with the intention of increasing your sales from each customer. So I just want to kind of start with a tiny little rant, if if that's okay, Carrie, with you. Yeah. So I I found a stat online and it says that repeat customers spend 67% more money than first time customers. And that actually makes so much sense because you've already built the trust with those customers. Not only that, they've already tried or, you know, used your products. And if you are something like a clothing brand where everyone has kind of different sizing, I think that's very important because then they know their size and they're comfortable. They know how your sizes fit and they're comfortable making purchases based on what they already have. But here's the best part about it. You can set up automated systems through email, SMS, customer loyalty programs, and other retention channels to remarket to your existing customers. Meaning once you've set up these automations, they work in the background without you having to do anything literally making you money in your sleep. So 
One other thing that I want to mention about this before we jump into the definition that something that I think gets frequently overlooked, and I want to know your thoughts on this, Carrie, is customer referrals. If you treat your customers well and they are happy with your products, there is a great chance that they are going to refer your brand, especially to friends or even just people in passing who comment on the shirt or the product you know, that they got from you. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times people will leave reviews on t-shirt apparel brands sites saying, I get so many compliments on this. Everyone asked me where I got this. Mm -hmm. And those are all potential referrals for your brand. Your customers are doing the marketing for you. And I think that's just so powerful. And just one more reason why it's so important to focus on customer lifetime value. Your thoughts, Carrie? Yeah. I mean, the thing that came to mind that's interesting is, you know, we're talking, we talk a lot about mainly about apparel brands and there are mm-hmm. obviously a ton of items in the print on demand category, but by nature, apparel is something that you're going to wear outside of the home, right? You're going to wear it mm-hmm. in public when you go out, when you go to church or you go out with friends or you go to play a sport or whatever you do. The idea of a t-shirt is like most people don't wear it because like they like looking at it. Like you right. don't look at, do you look at your t-shirt all the time like no you're looking no, no, at it's pretty cool man arizona <laughs> oh, man. state wow <laughs> uh but but i like i'm looking at your t-shirt right like right. when you put it up like i'm looking at it so it's for other people to see so mm-hmm. by nature it's a viral product by nature it people want to refer or people are going to ask about it because you literally are making a statement mm-hmm. with your apparel so i think that's something important to know is that we wear apparel to kind of to connect with other people and to spread a message and or those kind of things and so there's automatic connection made there and mm-hmm. it, it's a, it's a it's products that people like to refer and people will ask about so it naturally can spread mm-hmm. for sure that's a good point yeah i mean it's so interesting i think about times when i'm out and i see someone with a really cool shirt and i immediately go online and type in the name of that shirt so for example in arizona there's a really cool apparel brand super popular like if you come to phoenix you'll probably see someone wearing this every time you visit it's called state 48 i love this brand i have a state 48 shirt myself but the first time i saw it well i actually saw it so many times that i was like what is this brand but the first time i saw it i thought oh my god that is such a cool brand i love that it's like Arizona, you know, representing the state. And then I saw it over and over and over again until I finally was just like, okay, I need to Google like where to get a state 48 shirt. I Googled it. I found local gift shops and I went and bought one for myself and my wife because I was like, these are awesome shirts. I was actually wearing it earlier today, but like every time someone wears that, everybody seeing it is a potential customer. And because people generally like shirts, that are kind of uh that that they identify with mm-hmm. such as their niche they're going to be associating with a lot of other people likely in that niche if you're a dog lover and you're wearing a dog lover shirt and you go to a dog park everyone else there is probably gonna be a dog lover and they're all going to see that so it's almost yeah. like a walking billboard and I, I forgot that was the other thing i was going to say <laughs> I, I you just jogged my memory but i was going to say most of the time when you're selling something to someone whatever whatever that niche or passion is they mm-hmm. know people that are also passionate about that mm-hmm. for instance to use you know my favorite thing to do play pickleball mm-hmm. uh because i play pickleball like i know a ton of people that play pickleball i'm in that community right so it's like 
not only are people going to ask me about it and everything, but like I know people. And so like, you know, one of our students that that is in, in the pickleball niche, like I have, I've been spreading her website around, like texting friends and sending yeah. it over. Cause I'm like, you gotta see these designs, you know? So it definitely is super important to, um, focus on your existing customer base and creating an amazing experience for them mm-hmm. and, and creating a, a lifetime experience, not just a one-time experience. And it, it, it's, it's very, very important. And it, I think it often gets overlooked, like totally. we're always focused on acquiring new customers, new customers, new customers. Mm-hmm. And so the, 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 the journey that a customer goes through and the repeat buyer and, and all that stuff, it kind of gets overlooked by a lot of, a lot of businesses, I think. Totally. It's a good subject. And just a way of looking at it is like, imagine you made a thousand sales and you you've got a thousand happy customers. That's 1000 people out there showing your products to other people, likely many of whom are in their niche. Mm -hmm. So that's a powerful thing that I even forget sometimes that people are out there wearing your brand. Uh, They're repping your brand. They're telling people about it, give them a good experience and they're going to share that with others. So I just wanted to kind of like say that right out of the gate. Yeah. But I think now I, I want to share uh, the kind of like the definition of customer lifetime value for anyone who doesn't know what it is. So customer lifetime value is the total amount of money a customer is expected to spend on your products over time. So to calculate customer lifetime value, you can actually do it pretty simply. It's the average value of a purchase times the number of times the customer will buy each year times the average length of the customer relationship in years. So that's that, that might sound a little complicated, but let me put it into example for you. If a customer spends $100 per order and they order two times per year for two years, their customer lifetime value would be $400. Does that make sense, Carrie? Yeah. Okay, I just wanna make sure I explain that okay. Um, and what's so important about this, like we mentioned before, is it's one thing to increase your average order value, increase the amount that a customer spends in a single purchase. But what's even more important is to get them coming back again and again and again. And it's extremely valuable because generally the first time you get a customer, there's a cost per acquisition. So if you're running any sort of paid advertising like Facebook or Instagram ads, there's gonna be a cost per acquisition to acquire that customer. So maybe you spent $15 to acquire that customer and you have to deduct that $15 from your profits. But if you use low cost marketing systems afterwards, like email marketing, SMS, and you get them to buy again and again, you've already paid that one-time cost per acquisition. You, so you don't have to pay that $15 again. So that means that they are more profitable with each additional sale. And like I mentioned before with that stat, earlier I mentioned a stat that said repeat customers spend 67% more than first-time customers. So not only are they more valuable, but they're also more likely to spend more because they trust your brand now. That's one of the hardest parts of getting someone to become a trust, becoming a customer is to build trust, enough trust for them to purchase from you. And if they're happy with the product, then there's a good there's a high likelihood that they'll purchase again. Your thoughts, Carrie? Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think I think cu- like 
as far as the formula, customer lifetime value is if you're if you're at the beginning stages of your business, it's really hard to calculate. You just don't have history yet. Right. But it's something you should definitely be examining and and calculating at least on a yearly basis of when you're one year into your business, start looking back and really looking at like what how, how many times are people coming back this year? You know, and, and how many customers do I have and kind of comparing those numbers and maybe doing some of these calculations. But um, I, right now, the, the focus, you know, if you're, again, more at the beginning stages of your business, the focus would be on how do I get customers to come back and buy? What what strategies can I do? What things can I take advantage of to get customers to get first time customers to become second and third time customers? Mm -hmm. That's the big thing to focus on. And if you're more advanced or you're more experienced in your business and you're not paying attention to customer lifetime value, you should be doing these calculations. You should look at the return customer percentage. You should look at how many times they're ordering per year. What is the average order value? You know, even looking at what is the average order value of an existing customer versus a new customer mm. and looking at that because mm -hmm. that's going to be different in a lot of businesses. I have a couple stats here, which are similar to what you've said. Uh, but the stats I have, repeat customers spend three times more than first-time customers. Mm. So you, I think you said 60% more. 67% more according yeah. to this stat. But yeah. yeah. Pro probably very similar. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other one that, that really hits me is acquiring a new customer is five times more expensive than selling to an existing customer. So Ooh. acquiring a new customer is five times more expensive than selling to an existing customer. It's crazy because... Yeah, mm -hmm. even if you were just selling the same amount of of revenue per customer, it would still be five times more to get the new customer. But the reality is you're also getting three times the revenue on average or 60%, 67% times the revenue, you know, with an existing customer. So I just think we, whether you're experienced or newer, you need to put focus on existing customers, getting mm -hmm. them to come back to, to buy again, and we're about to give you six things you can focus on and strategies to, to increase that. And one last thing I wanted to add, I was just thinking of um, just a crazy kind of really quick little nugget of a story. But I have a student inside shirt school that sent me this screenshot. And I've actually put it in some of my um, webinars and, and different trainings. Uh, they had a customer message them and say, I've had 49 orders from you. And they were about to make, they were about to make their 50th order. What and they, and they had tracked it right, and they they just thought it they had thought thought it was crazy because so they they messaged her to say, hey, I just wanted you to know I'm about to make my fiftieth order in like a year with you, and they were like, I love your products, you know, I love everything I've got. Just wanted to let you know, you know, fifty orders. It's kind of a milestone, dude. And I was just like, that man, is true like, brand loyalty right there. Yeah, I was just when I man. saw that, I was just thinking like, golly, like. You only need like ten customers if they're ordering. <laughs> yeah, you can have a six-figure exactly. business with like no customers. Uh, yeah. that, that was pretty wild. That pretty that's wild. that's hilarious. And and one thing just before we jump into our, our kind of ways to increase customer lifetime value, uh, the last thing I wanted to mention was I think a lot of people. This is something that I've definitely been guilty of myself. And I think a lot of people when they're especially when you're starting your business, but always, I think we get. We get drawn to kind of like shiny object syndrome or just we get distracted focusing the majority of our time on always acquiring new customers, which is extremely important. I'm not understating that. However, I think so much of the time we spend all this 
time and energy and effort trying to acquire new customers that we forget that the lower hanging fruit are our existing customers. So I just want to kind of remind people, because sometimes I need that reminder that your return customers are more, five times, oh, yeah. what was that? What'd you say? Five times, what was that stat? They're five uh, times more uh, valuable. New customers, new customers are five times more expensive to acquire right. than just getting a sale from an existing customer. There you go. There, it's so you actually can save a ton of money by yeah. setting up systems, and many of them can be automated to get people to buy again and again. So I just wanted to kind of put that out there. So with that, why don't we jump into our six ways to increase customer lifetime value? Um, I'll take the first one. Sure, go for uh, it. Yeah, I think I think some some of these will will probably move pretty quick. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, the first one I think is the biggest one. So I think we probably need to spend a little bit of time here because totally. uh, this is, so I'll just let it out of the back. Number one is email marketing. We've already talked about it a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, email marketing is, I still think, and, and you might be listening to this, you might think I'm crazy, but email marketing has been, I don't know how long it's been around 25 years ish, somewhere in there, like maybe like forever, you know, it, but people look like a lot of people look at email marketing today and they're like, does that still work? Like, is it still worth it? Yeah. And man, it just, it's like the little engine that could, man. It just, mm -hmm. it's so good. It's so profitable. And I, sometimes I feel like I should just make it my life's mission <laughs> to like help people understand that email marketing is the best tool you have. And I just wish more people would do it and do it consistently mm -hmm. because it's just so profitable. You know, I'm just thinking of, you know, one of the stats that's out there that I have kind of always go back to is, um, and it puts it in perspective how profitable email marketing is, is that on average, you can make $1 in revenue per month per subscriber you have on your list. Mm. So that means if you have 10,000 people on your list and you're emailing them consistently, that, that should give you on average $10,000 in revenue per month. Mm -hmm. So just from email that now that doesn't mean every person's going to come and spend a dollar. That means that's the, how it kind of averages out there is you have 10,000 people, you'll make about $10,000 per month. And I would say emailing them two, three times a week is, is really right. what, what you want to be doing. And so, um, that's the first thing I wanted to say is just email marketing. So profitable. Everyone should be mm -hmm. doing it. It, it, and it's not expensive. Like Clavio has free plans, you know, OmniSend. I mean, there's a million, there's a million email marketing uh, platforms. Most of them have free options, but even not on the free options. If you start right. to go look at the mm -hmm. pricing and you say, well, what if I do grow my list to 10,000? You like, you're literally talking about paying like 60, 70 bucks a month. If that with the, with the potential of making an average of maybe $10,000 mm -hmm. in revenue. Mm -hmm. So like, think about the trade-off there. Mm -hmm. If you were paying 70, let's say $75 a month and you had 10,000 people on your list and you're making $1 per person and you made $10,000 in revenue, I don't know how many orders that would be, but if you had an or average order value of $45, that would be 222 orders. So you divide $70, you know, you, you get the idea, right? You divide mm -hmm. $70 a month by 222 orders. Like it's like nothing. What is it? It's like, I it's like cents. You're paying like 30 cents or something. I mean, I could do the math, but I got my calculator. But anyways, you get my point. It's like per customer sale. It's so cheap. It's yeah. so cheap. 
And the last thing I wanted to say, I know I'm blabbing on, but uh, I love email, I love email marketing. The last thing I wanted to say is what I've consistently found with email marketing is that I I like to segment my email list from my customers, from my actual like paying customers. Mm-hmm. So if you had 10, let's say you had 10,000 people on your email list, you might have, you know, 250 of those are buying paying customers. And then you had the other, you know, 9,000 plus that aren't actual customers yet. They will become customers. But if you segment out that 250 that are actually already customers and you run targeted email campaigns for existing customers, they, the conversion rates are astronomical. Mm. I mean, it, it just backs up all the stats that we've been talking about here about existing customers being, you know, buying more and being more profitable. I promise you will find what I used to do, uh, and, and still, and still try to, I still actually do, do, do this from time to time is I would run ad campaigns, Facebook ad campaigns, and I would just export all the emails of my actual customers. So it'd be like a thousand customers and I would just run ad my ad campaigns just to the customers, or I'd run specific ad campaigns to just to customers, because you can use verbiage and you can say like, "Hey, thank you for being a valued customer. Mm. Here's an additional promotion just for you." You know, yeah. you can show them personalized spe- experience, specific products. So you can do the same thing with email. You can have specific emails only for your existing customers. You can run promotions and sales only for your existing customers. And because they spend so much more, it's just super profitable. It's so mm-hmm. profitable and the conversion rate is super high. So anyways. That's a really good point. And because you're not paying the cost per acquisition yes. to get them, you can give them bigger discounts and they can still be more profitable than you know someone that you're bringing in for the first time. Yep. So that's one thing I like to do is I like to reward people on my email list with bigger discounts than I generally offer on my email website pop-up because I'm paying a cost per acquisition to those people. So they're going to be a little bit less profitable the first time, which is totally fine, but it, my profitability improves with every additional sale. And so I can offer more incentives, bigger, bigger discounts. Uh, that was really good. There's so many things I want to say about that. It, I feel like know, I was getting fired up. I was getting, I was getting kind of ah, email, email marketing. Dude, email marketing is still king in it's my so opinion. Good, dude. People come out all the time and say email marketing is dead. I'm like, bro, what kind of email marketing are you sending? What planet are you living on? Yeah, email marketing is not dead. It's never been dead. Yes, you have to send good emails. Yes, you have to be strategic. But there's good out of the box templates and systems like Clavio, which I use, and I'm sure there's a lot in you know in other ones like mm-hmm. OmniSend, maybe Mailchimp. But email is and probably always will be my primary retention channel. It's super valuable. It's super low cost, and it's super effective. So it's absolutely not dead. And I think that you you kind of made a good point about email like the cost of email marketing. One question that we kind of get asked a lot is, or people kind of mention is, oh, email marketing software can be really expensive. You know, if I have all these email contacts, I'm going to pay so much. But I think I think there needs to be kind of like a paradigm shift there. You need to think of email marketing software as an investment and you need to think of it 
you, you need to think of the reward as a return on investment. So yeah, if you have more contacts, you're gonna pay more in most cases. However, it should in theory give you bigger returns. And that's that's what everyone wants. So the other the, the, the other thing I'll say about that is you can and you should be cleaning your list regularly as well. And cleaning essentially just means getting rid of all of your unengaged subscribers. This not only improves your list quality, which is gonna help the deliverability so that your emails don't get caught in spam filters as much, but it's also gonna lower your email marketing costs because you're not gonna be paying for these unengaged subscribers that you don't want anyways. And mm -hmm. Carrie, you probably hear people that are, are concerned when they hear that they have to clean their list because a lot of people pride themselves on the size of their list. So I go, I got, I have 50,000 email subscribers, but you know what? There's people with 1,000 email subscribers that are probably have a more valuable list than mm -hmm. some people with 50,000. It's quality over quantity. And I think a lot of people need to wrap themselves, wrap their, their head around that. And there's multiple benefits to keeping your list smaller but higher quality, which I just listed. So I won't list them again. Your thoughts, Gary? Well, yeah, just to wrap up this, this, first, uh, this first one here in email marketing, I'm going to give you the secret. I'm going to give you the secret. If I just, I'm just going to give you the secret. Okay? Let it out. If you're out there and you're saying, <laughs> you're saying, I, I, I don't want, yeah, if I have all these contacts, like it's expensive. If I have 10,000 people on my list, how am I get like, then I have to pay like a hundred dollars a month, whatever, like you were talking about, you know, like people say, man, email marketing uh, software is expensive, but here's the secret. If you have a big email list, you have any size email list, you have to send them emails. You have to, <laughs> yeah. you have to actually send them emails. And I know that oh. sounds so silly, yeah. but, but, but the first thing is people are on your email list because they joined, like they chose to join your email list. Mm -hmm. When somebody, when somebody chooses to join your email list, they either, they have two objectives. Number one is they probably join your email list because they want to get emails from your company mm -hmm. or number two, they want the discount code, right? If they just want the discount code, there's a beautiful unsubscribe button at the bottom of your emails where they can just get their discount code and unsubscribe. Right. And it's like, all right, good. You've made, you've made a purchase. You got your discount code. We're happy. Bye. Right. Right. But people join your email list because they want to hear from you. So I see, I see so many people and our students and different things. They're building their email list. They're getting people on the email list and your, 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 e your email software cost is going to go up as you get a bigger email list, but they're just getting people on the email list, but they're not actually emailing them. Right. And it's like, you have to send a minimum of like two emails per week because you have to keep people engaged. And if you don't do that, if you're building your email list right now, but you're not actually consistently emailing them as you're building it, they're going to get cold. And then a right. year from now, you might have 50,000 people on your email list, but you never emailed them for the last year. And you're going to send them an email and guess what's going to happen? It's going to be crickets. It's going to be crickets right. because they're going to be like, wait, that company I joined the email list a year ago. I don't even remember that. They might have forgot company. about you. Yeah, exactly. You have to email them consistently, whether you have 20 people on your email list or 20,000, you have to email them consistently. And I promise you, if you send an email with that call to action in there, show some products, 
mm-hmm. uh, you'll make some sales. You'll easily be able to overcome the cost of email marketing software because it's the cheapest yeah. marketing channel that you could possibly have besides yeah. free, I guess. Right, right. Besides word of mouth or, or something yeah. like that. But but you're right. It's an extremely low cost marketing solution in terms of return on investment. And it's so it's it's such a good point that you mentioned. How many times have you heard or or experienced this yourself, Carrie, where you join an email subscriber list, you don't hear a word from them, and then like all of a sudden on Black Friday, they just start spamming you with emails and you're yep. like are you serious? I joined your list six months ago and, and so many people do this. And I, I, I know people who have been guilty of this. Mm-hmm. They just build and build and then they don't do anything until Black Friday because they're like, oh, it's the biggest shopping season of the year. But pe- you haven't kind of built up any loyalty, trust, trust, any consistency with these people. And when you come out of the woodwork on Black Friday, you really think that they're going to buy from you? Maybe, like maybe there's a chance, but I think because you didn't email them consistently, the chances are significantly lower. Yes. So we kind right, of take number two, bro. Yeah, we, we kind of hammered that one, but I, I think you're right. That's probably the most important one. Uh, so number two is kind of similar to email marketing, and that is SMS marketing. SMS, for anyone that doesn't know, that is text message marketing. And there are a number of solutions and apps for this. I use Attentive. Another really popular one is Postscript. And there's actually some pretty crazy stats around SMS marketing. So I found some stats on simple texting. This is, I believe, like a, they're actually a solution. I Uh, use them. Oh, you use them. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, They're awesome. Are they good? Yeah. They're yeah, awesome. Okay, cool. That's that's. I good don't know if they're on Shopify. I don't use them on, on e-commerce stores. I, I've heard of them advertised on podcasts, but I've never actually used them myself. But they claim that texts get a 98% open rate and 25% click-through rates. Now, that is way higher than you're going to get from mm. email marketing. That is extremely effective for getting in front of your ideal customer. However, I think one of the kind of pushbacks or the things you need to be very careful with text message marketing is, it's a little bit more invasive than email marketing since you're going directly to someone's phone. And if you're hounding people with text messages and if they're not offering value, I think a lot of people will unsubscribe. Um, But, it can be extremely effective. It is extremely effective if done right. I actually do email and SMS marketing. Generally for students, we recommend get the email marketing in place, set up some automations, Mm -hmm. start running campaigns, get comfortable with that. And then as a next step is kind of a phase two of your retention strategy, implement SMS marketing. And there's even systems now like Klaviyo where they offer email and SMS and they actually have some pretty cool integrations with the yeah. flows where you can set things up uh, where you know it can send someone an email and then if an action is not taking, it can send them a text message, something like that. It's, it's pretty cool stuff. So what, do you, what are your thoughts on SMS marketing? Yeah, I think SMS is amazing. And I, 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 I would say the tip would be, one of the tips, couple tips, but the, the first tip would be, I like if you're going to be a marketer, if like if you're going to market your business, mm-hmm. you kind of have to get really get over the idea that you're going to ha- like you're going to be too intrusive or be too, 
you know, um, you're going to bother people. Like the right. reality of what we do, even with, with email, with SMS, I mean, with messenger, with social media, it's like, yeah, like we, we have to be in front of people a lot to get them to take action. I mean, it's the silliest stat, but we know we know that like the old school stat is like, oh, you got to see it seven times before you make a purchase or something right. like that. You know, whatever the stat is. Mm -hmm. But it's like, yeah, like you, the more channels that you can hit people on, um, the better results you're going to have. And a lot, of, I guarantee you, I'm guilty of this, but I guarantee you, a lot of companies that you're annoyed with right now that you'd say, man, that company busts me up. They're crushing it. Like mm -hmm. they are crushing it. You yeah. know, I think we were talking about a couple episodes. We were talking about Fabletics. Dude, I cannot get them off my phone. I haven't <laughs> even bought anything from them. I haven't yeah. even bought anything from them, but I am just getting blown up. Emails, yeah. messages. I mean, like a million ads. Like my whole feed is Fabletics. But it's like, what did I do yesterday? I was on the verge of purchasing. I'm, I'm getting closer to, to making a purchase because uh, I need more pickleball warm clothes. and they can feel it. Yeah, I'm, I need more pickleball clothes, so. <laughs> But um, my point is, the first tip on SMS is just like, know that, yes, there are going to be some customers that are going to unsubscribe. Mm -hmm. There's going to be some customers that might feel like it's too intrusive or they don't like SMS marketing. You don't want those guys anyways, right? right. And, and the number two thing would just be to remember that, I guess a tip would be, you don't want to send as, as frequent of SMS messages as you would with email. You want to use it a little more sparingly, mm -hmm. but I really like what you said about, about Clavio. What I would recommend is I would recommend that everybody starts with abandoned cart SMS. Mm -hmm. um, so when somebody actually does an abandoned cart, uh, you can, you can do email and SMS or you can do one or the other. I would start there because it's pretty easy in your Shopify store to, uh, have, there's a setting where, um, you can change one of the fields to phone number. And so yep. when they go to check out, they actually put in their phone number and then you can follow up with using an app or Clavio, you can follow up with abandoned cart. Um, so that would be another thing. Don't do it as frequently. And then another tip, or I guess just something to know is that with SMS, you also, you're not going to have the ability to have the length of information or you can't sell as much as you can in an email. Mm -hmm. So there's definitely like drawbacks, right? Like you're limited right. in characters you can do with an SMS. And that, that thing specifically, it be, SMS being limited in the number of characters, mm -hmm. it makes it more sales salesy because you have to get to the point right away. Right. It's like you don't have the really the ability to build a ton of value. So SMS is kind of like, to me, it's a complementary thing. Mm -hmm. Like you have to be building value in other places like email on your website, on social media, in your ads, et cetera. And SMS is this, uh, tool, this add-on, this complimentary tool that should just kind of nudge people back into, you know, completing the purchase or, or whatever the case may be. So, I mean, that's kind of how I look at it. I yeah. don't think it's for everybody, uh, depending on your size of business. I guess another thing I would mention is it's drastically more expensive than email. I was I mean, going to say that. can be oh, very yeah. expensive. Mm -hmm. But when you look at the open rates, like you said, you know, 98% open rates on SMS, you're probably going to get on average 25 to 35% on email, depending on the niche somewhere in there, maybe. So that's, that's even good. That's yeah. That's, that's yeah, that, I, those are good numbers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, in e-commerce, it can be as low as 15%, 18% mm -hmm. or even lower. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it depends on the niche. There's certain niches that get much higher than other niches, but um, 
but those would be a couple things to know about SMS, but it can be very effective in uh, getting people to come back and buy, buy, you know, make an additional purchase. Yeah. I, I, I'm glad you mentioned that it can be so much more expensive the way that people have to look at it. However, kind of like email is it's an investment. So mm. if you are getting a positive return on that investment, maybe you are paying a lot to send text messages, text messages, but if you're also making a lot of sales because you're getting really high open rates and high click-through rates, then it's absolutely worth it. So the last point I wanna make about this is, uh, it's actually really cool now, a lot of the solutions like the, well, Clavio, uh, but also the Attentives, Postscripts, and a lot of other ones, they now have a two-step uh, pop-up where someone can sign up, when someone goes on your website, you set up the first pop-up requesting their email address they input their information and then a second window opens asking for their phone number. And even if they don't give their phone number, which they do a lot of the time, even if they don't give their phone number, you've already captured their email so you yep. can remarket to them on email. So it's up to them if they wanna give you their phone number. And what I've actually seen quite a few brands do is an added incentive to incentive to get the phone number is they'll give a bigger discount in the second window. So maybe the first window will say something like, oh, subscribe to our email and get 15% off your first order. And then someone puts in their email address and clicks whatever the call to action is. And then the second window pops up and says, get 20% off your first order by providing your phone number. And a lot of people will take it for the extra 5%. They will take it. And now you've got their email and phone number. I'm not saying you need to incentivize them more to get their phone number. A lot of brands are really successful just asking, not even incentivizing anymore. But my point is there's so many out of the box email collection apps uh, now for um for your website that you can just set up with this two-step process and you can collect both the email and the SMS. It's like a two for one. That's really good. Uh, moving on to number three, number three on the list uh, to increase customer lifetime value is social media. Um, social media is another way that you can stay in front of your customers and mm -hmm. it also has some unique benefits, um, but, but generally, it's just a way to provide additional content, additional touch points. Connection is the big thing mm -hmm. with your customers. So kind of all the things we're talking about here, I think there are ways to stay in front of your customer and build value and build trust. I mean, that's really what these are. And so social mm -hmm. media specifically allows you to remain top of mind, uh, kind of when they're scrolling through their feed, right? They're going to see your posts. Mm -hmm. A lot of customers will go and seek out the brand on social media before making a purchase. Right. So social media is, uh, is a great uh, way to, to um, showcase reviews, showcase social proof, uh, show off your products, obviously. Like for instance, let's say a customer comes to your website, they see the product, they decide that they're not ready to buy, but then they go search you out on social media. And what they see is additional lifestyle photos from mm -hmm. customers or just that you've shared on your social media. And that might help them make a buying decision because they can see that product uh, in on different, uh, different people in different lifestyle photos. Additionally, they can learn more about, you know, what your brand stands for and what your mission is and those kind of things. If you're sharing that kind of content, and then additional values, it's easy for them to direct message you if they have questions. You know, social media, if you're on social media and you're active, 
They can, uh, you know, they can message you. They can ask questions, those kind of things. And uh, another thing I'd love for you to touch on is Instagram shops, Facebook shops, also a really powerful strategy because with those, they can literally complete their purchase or make a purchase right there on the, on the social media platform, which is really cool. So in today's world, 2023, man, social media, as it has for years, but social media plays a huge role in e-commerce and everything that we do. And it's a must, I think, for most yeah. brands. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. And a couple of weeks ago, I did a Instagram growth strategies masterclass for our six figure founder group. And I actually wanted to share some fun facts from that presentation, just to give people an idea of the power of social media for your brand. So a couple that I have here is that Instagram has 2 billion monthly active users. It's the number one social media platform for people to connect with brands. And just to throw out some stats, 35% of Instagram users will make a purchase on the platform in 2023. 15% of US shoppers start their online shopping searches on Instagram. Wow. And Instagram users are 70% more likely to buy products online than non-users. Another, yeah, like an, another stat here, 81% of Instagrammers use the platform for researching new products and services, just like you said, Carrie. And 90, get this, nine out of every 10 accounts on Instagram follows a business profile. Wow. That, that is powerful. And, and the way that you can use this to improve your customer lifetime value is, first of all, you've already familiarized someone with your brand because they are a, a purchasing customer or they're a subscriber to your email list, something like that. They're already somewhat warm. If you can get them over to your social media, then you can continue to remain top of mind. So the way I like to think of social media is, you want to be where your customers are. You want to be hanging out where your customers are hanging out. And that's one thing I love about social media. We know that most customers are hanging out on a social media channel. Maybe it's Facebook, maybe it's TikTok, maybe it's Instagram. By being on there, by posting consistently, by sharing to your stories, you can continue to remain top of mind to these individuals and there's a higher likelihood that they're going to purchase from you because if you are in the dog niche and you are constantly posting valuable dog content or sharing really awesome designs that evoke emotion and relatability, people are going to see them. And especially if they've already bought from you, you already know statistically they're going to spend more, but they're also more likely to buy because they've already, they already trust your brand. They've already, they already know the quality of your products and the experience and everything like that. So I just think it's such a powerful tool for getting people to purchase more frequently. And yeah, man. actually you mentioned, I, I should talk about Facebook and Instagram shops. I totally did. So you mentioned that and, and Facebook and Instagram shops is absolutely such a powerful tool. And just for, and this is something I talk about quite a bit, but for, because we've had a lot of success with it ourselves and there's a lot of other brands having a lot of success with it, but just for anyone who doesn't know, essentially Facebook and Instagram shops allows you to tag your products in the platform. So let's say Instagram. You can tag your products in Instagram and you can allow 
people on Instagram to view your products, to add to cart and to complete their purchase within the app, within Instagram, without ever leaving the platform. Not only is this a really cool, seamless experience for shoppers, but it also, the, the algorithm also gives you some algorithmic favor because you are using a feature, a newer feature that they have, and they want people to stay in the platform. They want their users to remain on the platform for longer. So there are a number of benefits to doing this. Another one of which is that by Facebook or Instagram, being able to track the entire customer experience from them seeing your brand, booking your products, adding to cart and completing the purchase all in app, they can track that entire customer experience and better optimize your ads. Whereas when people are directed off of that platform to your website, the tracking loses visibility. It's not as effective. So it's actually better for optimization purposes if they do purchase within the app. I like offering both options and that's yep. what I recommend people do. And you can actually, there's a feature in, in Facebook ads, which is really cool. And it's a powerful feature too, where you can actually let meta or Facebook, Instagram, whatever you want to call it. You can let meta, Metagram. Decide, <laughs> you can let meta decide if they think that that customer is more likely to buy in app on the platform using Facebook or Instagram ads or if they think that they're more likely to buy on a website. And I think what they do is they look at kind of that past buyer behavior, if they have that, and then they can make a pretty good, uh, you know, suggestion based on that. But we actually ran an experiment. We ran $10,000 worth of ads in 30 days, comparing these two side by side, the two options, letting Meta decide or just sending everyone to our website. And the option of letting Meta decide by far outperformed the option of just sending people to our it's website. Wild, dude. Right there. Boom. And, and we're not the only ones. There's a lot of other brands who have similar yeah. data, who have run similar kind of split tests. So it is extremely powerful. It's good stuff, man. I love it. I think, uh, yeah, it's definitely something, you know, you've been testing. We've been talking about a lot. And uh, I think people should, people should try for sure is Instagram, Facebook shops. Yep. Um, why don't you take number four? Yeah. So this one's kind of a no brainer. This one is great customer support. Wow. What an idea, right? Yeah. But seriously, like great customer support, giving your customers a good experience is going to significantly improve the chances that not only are they going to come back and buy more frequently from you, but they are also going to share your brand with friends, family, other people in the niche that are more likely to buy because they heard from someone they know that this is a good brand and they can see them wearing the shirt. They can ask some questions like, oh, hey, how does that fit? Is that a medium? Is that a large? Is it fit true to size? And they can feel the material. They can see the quality of the design. They can do all sorts of things. So there's a lot of benefits to offering great customer support. And I like we had to include this in here because I think a lot of people, they focus so much on getting customers in the door, but they, the customer support, not that it's bad customer support, but it's almost not given enough attention. Yeah. And there's so many ways to improve your customer support. 
Uh, I mean, you could have a live chat on your website. That is kind of hard to manage for a small print on demand business, but it is something you can do. You can, there are a lot of little apps that you can, little widgets you can put in the bottom right-hand corner of your website where people can ask questions and maybe you don't get back to them right away, but at least they can ask a question and then you can go and respond to them as soon as possible. You yeah. can respond to DMs like, dude, so many people now want to get support through DMs. It's not mm -hmm. even funny. People will reach out and they'll DM a brand. And there's nothing wrong with that, in my opinion, that that's actually cool. You're meeting them where they are. Like if mm -hmm. that's their preferred method and you respond and you're quick and you're helpful, then you're building trust. You're building trust. And you're a lot of times those people end up becoming either first time or multiple time customers when you meet them there in the DMs and you answer their questions or or support them. I, I think the DMs are so powerful for making sales. And I know, Carrie, you have a strategy for this. I have a strategy for this. It's extremely powerful. And so, yeah, there are just well, the, so many different ways. The, um, first, the first thing would be just like, just respond to them. <laughs> <Yeah. Respond. laughs> and I'm not the best at responding to my DMs, but it's yeah. like, you know, Gary Vee talks about like, respond to every comment, respond. Mm -hmm. Like he still responds to, you know, his DMs, his comments. Like you just have to like the first step to great customer support in the DMs or on social media, just respond to people. I see so many tiny brands. It's like, dude, you got a thousand followers, but you can't respond to your comments. Like it's just yeah. like respond, you know, it goes 100%. a long way. It goes a long way. But yeah, I see great. So many oh, good. No, I was going to say that. I mean, the, th the thing I, I wanted to add that maybe, maybe to add on to what you're saying about great customer support is even things like your return policy. Mm -hmm. You know, we think about our return policy as like, I think a lot of businesses think about their return policy as a protection mechanism for your business to protect you from losing right. money. But in reality, what I found is if you flip that and you have a really generous return policy and you really take care of your customers, you will actually probably get less returns. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's crazy to think. Mm -hmm. But I need, you know, I know a brand that does like their return policy is like, we do not do returns. Everything is limited. Make sure your size is right. You know, so <laughs> it's like that's scary, ah, dude. I guess if it's I a strategy, <laughs> but I don't know. But like, if I was on the website, I saw that I'd be, I, I would think yeah. twice about making a purchase. Cause I'm like, yeah. Oh, I can't screw this up, but I also can't try it yeah. on and yeah. see the quality. But I think like the opposite, again, having a generous return policy gives, mm -hmm. gives your customers comfort mm -hmm. that they're, you know, if they run into any issues, you're going to take care of them and being, uh, even, you know, even being very descriptive and letting them know, like, if you have a return, like we'll process it within 24 hours. Like right. we're going to respond quickly. We're going to take care of you, you know, 30 days, whatever, whatever that might be quick, you know, cheap return or, or I'm sorry, free returns, like no mm -hmm. cost, like letting them know you don't have to cover anything. You don't have to pay anything. Like those kind of things uh, can go a long way in customer support. Yeah. So, yeah, I know, great. I know for print on demand, there's always a bit of hesitation around um, returns and exchanges because it's kind of tough, right? We're not holding on to any inventory. We don't want to receive the returns or exchanges because we're probably not going to resell them ourselves. That can be very time consuming and, and take more work. And I, I don't necessarily encourage that, but there are kind of things you can do. There are kind of workarounds. Uh, one thing that I like to do if someone is wanting to exchange or return an item, instead of having them return it to you, what you can do is you can offer them a gift card 
for let's say 50% off their next order um, and they can keep the original item. This just allows it so that they don't have to take their time and spend their money shipping the item to you only for you to hold it and not do anything with it. And yeah. it just incentivizes them. It creates, I think, a much better experience for them because they're like, oh, wow, that's amazing. You could even, if you want to go a step further, you could even give them the full value in the terms of a gift card. And let's say your profit margins are 50% then you're actually breaking even on, on them in those two orders. So hopefully those people will become repeat customers because they have had such a good experience. And it's just one way to kind of reduce the, the pressure of dealing with those as a print on demand seller. There's a lot of creative ways to do it, um, but that's kind of just one suggestion. And I just want to mention one thing more that you mentioned that I think is super important that responding to comments is something I see. I see brands leave so much money on the table by not responding to customer comments so much so that I actually hire a social media moderator who goes and they make sure that every single Instagram comment is responded to for our brand. I, I don't do it myself because it's really time consuming and you know it's kind of a low value task in the sense that I could outsource that for mm -hmm. quite cheap, like a really reasonable hourly yeah. rate, as opposed to me going in there and doing that myself, even though yeah. there's so much value in that. That's why I hire someone for it. But then that just allows me, it frees up my time so I can spend it on revenue generating activities such as adding new designs, running ads, email marketing, that kind of thing. But I, that's how important I believe it is to respond to customers. And I think a lot of people don't really think of this. And as their business grows, it gets totally out of control and they're getting too many comments and they can't respond. But there's people asking questions like, where do I find this product? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, like they want to buy yeah. and all they need is you to send them a link, even though, even though you might think it's super obvious, just send them a link to the product page and they'll be happy, they'll probably go and they'll probably buy it. So yep. yes, customer support, hugely important. Uh, I'm gonna let you take number five, Adrian, because I wanna sure. take number six. And sure. I honestly, it, number five is customer loyalty programs. I don't have a ton of experience with this. Mm -hmm. I, I do wanna say one thing, uh, but I'm gonna let you take this one and I'll jump in. Sure, yeah, in terms of customer loyalty programs, I also don't have a ton of experience with this. I've always been hesitant about how much effort you would have to put in. Uh, I know customer loyalty programs can get a bad rep as you know, you put in all this effort yeah. and you get all these customer service inquiries or people asking questions and it can be very time consuming to manage. And if there's mistakes, people are angry, but I do think that there it can work for a lot of brands and it can create a really good customer experience and it can really build customer loyalty. Yeah. So according to Shopify, here are some fun stats. According to Shopify, more than 90% of companies have a customer loyalty program. I was actually so shocked by that. 90%. Wow. They also say more than 84% of consumers say they'd stick with a brand that offers a loyalty program. I mean, I'm kind of one of those people, man. Like, I don't know about you, but I'm part of a lot of loyalty programs, even at the grocery store, like in Arizona fries has a customer loyalty program and Bro. you get awesome deals. If you're Bro. a member, nothing I, bunk I, cakes, I my nothing, bu bill. 
nothing, nothing bunk, bunk cakes. cakes. So we got that too. Yeah. The punch card. They give you that punch <laughs> card. Buy six yep. bunk cakes, get a free bunk cake. Oh man. <laughs> you should see me in there. That's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. Dude, I, I love customer loyalty programs. So I'm definitely Ooh. one of those. Both of us are one of those 84%. And then 66% of them say earning rewards actually influences their spending behavior. One thing I like to do if I'm in a customer loyalty program where you get points and it can uh, result in you know discounts or money off or free products is go and buy gifts for people around Christmas time, use your customer loyalty program, and then you get to benefit yeah. from all those additional points and perks. So another one I'm thinking of is uh, my American <laughs> Express card. Like, oh, yeah. oh, dude, I've got so many Amex points, yeah. but it's like those things again. It's so simple, but those things make you when you're gonna go buy something, you think mm -hmm. I'm gonna go to this store or use this thing, use this card, whatever, instead of the other one because of the the points or the totally. money or the money back or cash back or whatever you know whatever you totally. get like free stuff. Um, yeah, it, it makes them, if you, if you, let's just say hypothetically, you have an apparel brand and, mm -hmm. and it's in whatever niche and there's another apparel brand in that same exact niche, right? If I want to go buy a blank niche t-shirt mm -hmm. and I have the choice between one that has the loyalty program or one that doesn't, if I get rewarded for going to this one brand, I'm going to pick the first brand like 99 times out of a hundred, you know, yep. for sure. So yeah, 100%. It's so true, man. I seek out credit cards with good yeah. points. Like my Wells Fargo, I get 2% cash back. I use that baby for everything. Come on. Everything I put on credit card. And then mm -hmm. my goal is just to pay it all off at the end of the month. So I'm not paying yep. the interest, but I'm getting the benefit yep. of that 2% cash back. And that pays for dinners out, that can pay for a vacation. And man, when you start spending a lot on your business, as your business grows, as you make more sales, you generally spend more, for example, on ads. Maybe you're spending, mm -hmm. your, your ads budget goes up because you're seeing success. And you, like my brother, so I started um, a brand a couple of years ago with one of my brothers and we had a ton of success. I've talked about it in Six Figure Founder. We made $277,000 in sales in 60 days. And we were using, we were running a ton of ads and we were using a credit card with cashback bonus to pay for all those ads. And by the end of that hot Dude. run where we had an A-grade winner, my brother went on an all-inclusive trip for a week to the Caribbean with his wife and it was all paid for on points. It didn't cost him anything. And that's just kind of the power of loyalty programs. And I feel like I've gone on a totally off kind of yeah, like what are you script. talking about yeah I, i've totally <laughs> gone down a totally um, different rabbit hole but we're talking about customer loyalty programs so let me bring this back let me let me bring this back <laughs> you can encourage a number of different perks including points gift cards discounts and there are a number of actual apps on the shopify store that you can use that have kind of built-in customer loyalty programs. So these are customer loyalty apps that you just set up in the Shopify app store. Some of the popular ones, smile.io, Yachtpo, Loyalty Lion. These are some of the popular ones that I've heard of on the Shopify app store, and you can go and you can set these up. So uh, yeah, I just, it, it can be a powerful tool. Uh -huh. So that's why I wanted to bring it up. I'm gonna let you take, actually, do you have any thoughts on that before we jump to number six? 
Well, just briefly, I, I would say the the big thing for me, like I haven't done a specific customer loyalty program, like mm-hmm. using one of these apps or thing or anything. But I think the the big thing that I want p- listeners to get out of this, and what I have done related to customer loyalty program, is I just would really want to encourage people to reward your customers for being customers, like mm-hmm. appreciate them, value them. Give them special deals, right? That's the whole idea of a customer loyalty program is right. you, build, you, bu- you buy more stuff, you build up points. So just pay special attention to your paying customers, like value them and give them things, right? And right. they will come back and buy. And that's kind of the idea of that. And you don't even um, need a customer loyalty program for that. You can set yeah, that that's up what I'm saying. email marketing, SMS marketing. You yeah. can have a post-purchase automation. Mm-hmm. You can have a VIP automation where yeah. when they purchase a certain number of times or when they hit a certain amount threshold, it triggers and then it sends them an email offering them some kind of incentive like a bigger discount or- yeah, I mean, even yeah. like- even like, what if you had a private Facebook group that was just for your, mm. for your, uh, for your customers and you could only get invited to that group if once you're a customer, like once you're an actual yeah, customer, like, that's cool. it's like, and you share special deals in that group or, or whatever. Yep. It's, it's, or or know, even ask for their feedback on products. Yeah, like how cool. Yeah. People I think love a that. lot of people feel a lot of loyalty to a brand when the brand is actually asking them, reaching out to them. And I know Constantly Varied Gear is super good at doing this. Like they'll send emails or SMS or, or to their private Facebook group and they'll actually send two different designs and be like, we want to know which design is your favorite. We're only going to choose one. And they let their customers decide. Yeah. Beautiful. They're getting free. So good feedback and there's a much higher likelihood that the one that the majority of customers like is the one that's going to sell better. The last one I want to talk about, and I, this one's probably keep, keep it pretty brief, but, um, mm-hmm. number six on our list is monthly subscriptions. Mm-hmm. So I think it's pretty obvious that the reason that monthly subscriptions could potentially increase customer lifetime value is because you're able to get them paying every single month, like right. on auto, on automatic, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of the dream, right? If you mm-hmm. have a thousand customers paying you $20 a month, right? Like that's revenue you're going to have in the bank every single month by just auto charging their credit card. And so it creates this long customer, you know, life cycle, lots of customer lifetime value. It's very sexy and mm-hmm. it's like intriguing to think about having a monthly subscription. This is something I did early on. I did a t-shirt of the month and had a lot of success with it. Like it was very successful. Did run into a lot of issues. Number one, it's really hard with print on demand. It's really that hard was, to do with print on demand. Yeah. You know, print be, be, and mainly and just to be honest, you know, when you have a monthly subscription, it is kind of like this VIP program or loyalty program where like you have to offer your products at a, at a, a little bit of a discounted price, you know, t-shirt, t-shirt subscriptions, monthly t-shirt subscriptions, probably going to be in that 15 to $20 price range generally. And Mm -hmm. so with print on demand, the margins are just too small, uh, to really make it profitable. Um, Mm. so I always had my subscriptions, uh, locally printed and everything else on my website was print on demand. So, Mm. you know, the the subscriptions were locally printed and I could get them done for, you know, six or seven bucks and I could could have my subscription at $17 a month and there was enough profit there to make it worthwhile. It is a great way to increase customer lifetime value. It just can be difficult with print on demand. One thing I would say is if you wanna try it with print on demand, 
the big thing that you need, or even with not with print on demand, I should say either way, the big thing is you must create a ton of value in the program and you like, you must sell that value as part of the package. So right. for instance, instead of just saying, join our t-shirt of the month club and get a new t-shirt every month, right? You could have, uh, a exclusive discount code that is always available for those people that are in the, in the subscription, you could have the Facebook group, VIP group, you know, where only people, those that subscribe, get access to that Facebook group. You can make your subscription a part of a bigger picture of a, creating a ton of value for being a paying member, right? They get exclusive perks for being a part of that club. So when you do that, you don't just make it about getting the t-shirt each month. There's exclusivity. There's, you know, like another, this is kind of a crazy idea, but man, the NFT craze, like if you got, mm -hmm. if you joined the t-shirt of the month club and also got an NFT that gave you exclusive access, like cool stuff like that. Right. So like, there's so many ways that you could make it more valuable. Another thing, it sounds simple, but make those t-shirt designs only available in the monthly subscription. You don't sell them on your mm -hmm. store. They're exclusive designs, Sweet. right? So like adding those additional things, building a value package, it may, it lets you charge a more premium price and mm. it creates more, just creates a ton more value for your product. And yeah, I mean, so it's, it's, it's intriguing. It's sexy. It's also risky. It, it can be, <laughs> it can be difficult. Um, but this is, it is a great way to get more out of your customers for sure. Yeah, it, it's interesting. I have never tried this. Uh, I did have a friend try it. So when I first started in print on demand, I started with two other groups and they, they started brands in other niches. And one of them tried to do kind of a t-shirt of the month program with print on demand. And it didn't work too well for her. I know that she gave up pretty quick on it. I'm not saying that it can't work. I mean, you mm -hmm. made it work, although yeah. you did, you had them locally screen printed. Yes. Uh, I'm not saying it can't work with print on demand, but I just feel like there's there'll be some instances where it's more of a headache than it is. Oh yeah. Lots of headaches. Like just not worth the lots of headaches. The earnings. And I know recently we had a six-figure founder member ask about this. And I just gave my honest thoughts. I said, I know people who have tried this with print on demand. They haven't been able to make it work. Not saying it can't work. I'm sure some people have, I'm sure some people are making it work right now. And maybe oh, yeah. there's a ton of success. But um it's interesting to hear your thoughts on that. And it's interesting that you, you actually did that. That's really cool. Uh, yeah, I, I should say it was successful, but like you said, it is a lot of headaches. It mm. was a constant thing. A lot of customer support inquiries, mm. you know, um, a lot of cancellations, failed payments. Like mm. that was probably the biggest thing is try like when you have people paying 15, $17 a month, mm -hmm. you get a lot higher failed payment rate. Mm. And, and it, because it's just a low cost and trying mm -hmm. to manage that is almost a job that you could, you'd have to hire out by itself. I mean, that's a, that's an every day because you've got people joining all the time, their payment dates are all different dates. And it's just like, it's a lot, man. And the, you know, it, it's just a lot, um, to wrap this up there, are, there's a couple apps you can check out if you want to 
to consider a monthly subscription. The one that I've always used is called Recharge, and it is in the Shopify App Store, but it is a little bit more of a premium app. I think it starts at $99 a month. Mm. Then there's also Bold Subscription, which starts at $49 a month. But then there's other, if you just search subscriptions, you'll find a lot of apps. There's even one called Yachtpo that's actually like really inexpensive, and there's, there's a few mm-hmm. other out there. So you can definitely check that out. Um, but I think that's all we got, man, for this one. That's, that's all we got. Um, that was a lot of fun. Love talking about this. I hope people take some of these strategies and send us feedback, message us, let us know that you're implementing these strategies. And I hope yep. that people make a lot more money and get a lot more sales, increase the frequency of sales from each customer from this. So this was a lot of fun, Carrie. It's a good I one. guess we will sign off here. Take care, guys. See you guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Print On Demand Playbook Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us an honest review on whichever platform you are listening from. Thank you so much again, and we will see you very soon.